You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Coming to you from the Detroit Sound Studios above Active 8 Gaming, it's The Undercard. Bringing you the best in hand combat coverage with feature interviews, major events, and the hottest ring girls from around the nation. The Undercard is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. And now, here they are, always in your corner, Brad, Marv, and Jimmy. Welcome to the Undercard, everybody. Uh, probably the best timing we've had in the four years that we've done this show. That ten minutes ago, Dan Raphael from ESPN has announced that it is official. Floyd Mayweather is fighting Conor McGregor. Uh, I will read his article word for word because I know there's a couple people that may be listening that want to know. So what began as talk for a fight many perceived as impossible between a boxing legend and the biggest star in mixed martial arts is now reality. Former pound-for-pound king and uh, sorry, five-division world champion Floyd Mayweather Jr. made the official announcement on social media Wednesday confirming that he will exit a 23-month retirement at age 40 to face Conor McGregor, uh, the UFC superstar, in a boxing match on August 26 in Las Vegas. UFC president Dana White appearing on SportsCenter said the fight would be at the boxing junior middleweight limit of 154. The fighters would use 10-ounce gloves and the card would take place at the T-Mobile Arena. The fight will broadcast on Showtime pay-per-view. We've been in negotiations for a while. White told uh, SportsCenter negotiations went smooth. Floyd is surrounded by some smart people, and we got this thing done. The impossible deal is now done. Moments before Mayweather announcement, uh, McGregor sent out a simple forward uh, statement on Twitter with a picture of Floyd Mayweather Sr. instead of uh, Mayweather Jr. White followed Mayweather's announcement with an emoji. So it is officially on, and I mean, I don't know why I'm mad. We're, uh, I'm going to make money <laughs> off this somehow. Everybody's going to make money uh, off of this. Uh, the announcement brings uh, to end the rampant, uh, sorry, rampant speculation that the two years ago when McGregor threw out the prospect of a fantasy match during a July 2015 appearance on Conan O'Brien's talk show telling the host, I would box him if the opportunity arose. Ireland's McGregor, 21-3 and three, as a UFC fighter. A 28-year-old Southpaw is the first UFC fighter to hold titles in two different divisions and one of the best MMA fighters in the world. But he will be making his professional debut against Mayweather, one of the greatest boxers. And I'm trying to see if there's anything. Uh, Mayweather is opening up as a negative 1,100 favorite at the Westgate Superbook in Las Vegas. McGregor is paying back uh, plus 700. So what does that mean? Okay, so I'd have to bring out a calculator here because that's how – But I, but just, just you probably general, got, general, what does that mean? For every dollar you bet, you might win 10 cents. Okay, if, if, McGreg- or if uh, Mayweather wins. Right. Okay, but if McGregor wins – And you bet him at plus 700? Yeah. So like you're probably getting seven times your money. So if you dollar. bet like – Ten bucks, you win like seventy bucks. Right. The okay. smart choice. I mean, if you're going to bet, is McGregor because right. even if you think he has no shot, right? And you got like Grandpa's inheritance laying around. That's right. what you do. Right. You know, and, and hope for a miracle. Right. Um, There's always a puncher's chance. There's always a puncher's chance. Right. So 
like we like to do, we do got some background information that some people might not know about the fight here. Um, so, as we know, Canelo is fighting Triple G. Uh, that's mid-September. Part of the reason this fight is happening August 26th is that MGM... Uh, look at that. Without fail. Four years, Brad. I know, without Four fail. years. Uh, they would not do the fight within three weeks of the Triple G uh, Canelo fight, whether it be per contract or whatever. Uh, the reason was they couldn't promote against the other fight, so they went three weeks exactly ahead. Um, Showtime pay-per-view is going to be the pay-per-view provider, even though that when they filed it with the state, they had to remove Showtime pay-per-view. So that means there's probably some negotiation of points and money that is still involved. Um, this will likely still take place at the T-Mobile Arena, although the MGM Grand is still an option. Um, and then basically, we probably won't know about the money. That's probably actually not even negotiated quite yet, but they have signed. Um, and that's it. I mean, this the fight that either you wanted or didn't want is actually happening. It comes at a terrible time for me. Selfish Brad is saying it's terrible time. Son's <laughs> birthday's three days later. Mine's five days later. But, uh, I mean, it, it's going to happen. It's going to make a lot of money. My main concern as a boxing guy, making most of my money from boxing, is that it might ruin the sport of boxing. Maybe next thing you know, we have you know people from the NFL fighting in boxing. So I'm hoping we've that, already that, had that. Who? Uh, hold on. I know I because I know we this high profile. Uh, it was pretty high profile. Hold on. Keep talking. I'm going to look this up here. But I'm just saying that you know Mayweather is going to get his 50th win pretty easily against a guy who doesn't have the boxing experience that Floyd Mayweather does. Oh, I did have the details. I, I forgot to t- tell the details. Uh, did I say it was 10-ounce gloves and mm-hmm. 154? Yes. I said that. Yeah, okay. you already said all that. Um, the interesting thing, though, is that last week there was a report going around that Dana White was no longer involved in the negotiations. And it's funny. As soon as he's no longer involved in the negotiations, the thing gets done. But um, as pointed out by Zane Simon from uh, Bloody Elbow, which is a publication that we like online, um, he said Dana White's involvement in the Mayweather-McGregor Act probably violated the Ali Act because he also represents McGregor. Um, once you're a promo- I'm sorry, say it again. Uh, Dana White's involvement in Mayweather versus McGregor mm-hmm. probably violated the Muhammad Ali Act, okay. which you can't be a promoter and a manager at the same time. So oh, he was probably, okay. as the deal was coming closer, somebody probably gave him the heads up, like, you can't do that. The state will stop it. Right. Um, so that happened. Uh, you know, in the, the thing is, Dana White not being involved probably got Floyd Mayweather to sign. Floyd Mayweather and Dana White have a history of not getting along. But I don't know. You happy, Jimmy? Yeah, I'm happy. I For no other reason than it's... It, it, this rumor mill is it, is it happening? No, of course it's not going to happen. Is it going to this? Is it going to that? It's finally going to come to a close, one way or another. Win or lose, it's it's done after this. You know, there's not going to be a rematch, right. no matter what happens. So it'll be done. And I actually think it's, I actually think it's probably, I think it's beneficial for both sports because you're going to get a lot of people that. Maybe 
uh, you know, a lot of guys that only watch boxing, just only watch boxing. They don't watch anything else. Screw MMA. I'm only going to watch boxing. And they watch this. And then maybe on Connor's next fight, they go, okay, well, I want to watch this guy. Now that we've seen him fought Mayweather, I want to see what he does when he's actually in his element or whatever. See, I think he's fighting one time and then he's done. <clears throat> and Dana White mentioned about a month ago that how can you go back to making a million dollars after you made $60 million fighting? I think this is it and he's done. Movie star, something. Maybe. Well, he's okay, done. maybe. Maybe that that might happen, or he's gonna or they're like going to tout it. Million dollars. I know, or they'll tout it as you know him coming back to the UFC for like one last fight or something. But and I prided my uh, ourselves mm-hmm. as a show. I prided ourselves in not getting too many facts wrong from sources. So this is like clearing up like a blockbuster rental on a credit report. Because if you remember, <laughs> like a year ago, yeah. Ronnie Austin, yeah, who is his. Close as you can get to Floyd Mayweather said yeah. this fight was happening. Yeah. We ran with it. Yeah. I let ESPN know. Yeah. A year later, yeah. it's off our credit report now. It's yeah. happening. It's happening. We didn't say when. No, we didn't. We just said we it was going to happen. Yeah, we yeah. were pretty confident. Ronnie. We said it was going to happen, and we were the first one to say it was going to happen. Yeah, okay, it happened a year later, but it still happened. So it's officially off our credit report. Well, actually, we're still kind of officially the people who broke it. (laughs) I mean, honestly, we broke it. We broke it a year ago. I mean, you know, really go back to that. I know. We should. We should find out what episode that was. It would be and give it to ESPN and give it to ESPN. Go here. You go. Right. This is from a year ago when we broke the story. It was yeah. That is kind of true. Speaking <laughs> of breaking stories, right? Yeah. Uh, four weeks ago, I said Joe Rogan is doing a comedy show December 1st. Yep. Mm-hmm. I said if I was a betting man, December 2nd, what was announced? UFC December 2nd. So I, I, get, I didn't. UFC is going to, December 2nd is at uh, Little Caesars Arena. Oh, okay. Oh, 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 you're talking yeah. about Joe Rogan here. Doing his on, comedy on, act. On, yes. And I yes. just said that. Since I've been following that, yes, yes, that yes. kind of coincides. Yes, yes. UFC, you'll, yeah, Little Caesars, December. Yes, okay. Right. Now, now, I'm, now I'm following you. <laughs> but other people from Michigan are claiming that they they knew it. But I'm just going to say four weeks ago I speculated. And then before that, Joseph Donofrio, well, I don't know, four months ago, said that was for sure happening in December. So I, I, we're taking credit for breaking that too. Until somebody can prove otherwise. <laughs> Dave's quick with the podcast up there. It's not like we can go fudge them. Right. They're, they're, they're back there. Go listen. Yeah. Uh, you heard it here first. You heard it here first. Um, I mean, Mayweather. I mean, we're going to have a month. Wait, how long we have? Two months to break this down? Mm, July. Like, yeah, like two months because we're almost in the middle of June. It's happening in the middle of August, so about two months. And then I, I want to say it's off the record because I'm not going to give the names, but there's about five of you fuckers out there that knew this was going to happen probably 20 minutes ago before 10 minutes ago it broke. And then my airfare just went up a grand because you guys couldn't give a text. So I'm just saying you a-holes know who I'm talking about. You could have gave a guy a, a little heads up. You know, I bet you the airfare, if you look right now, is up to like 1700 Oh, I'm sure. Like instantly. Yeah. From that Thursday to the, yeah, the yeah. typical Sunday flyout. Oh yeah, a- absolutely. So I'm mad at these five people. The, I might out them by the end of the show. By the way, I mean it's not as high profile, but uh, Alonzo Highsmith, who is a former Cowboys uh, defensive end, uh, also known as Ed Too Tall Jones, 
uh, went from the NFL to boxing, and he went 27-1 and as a professional boxer. You're stretching, though. I'm just saying. What was his biggest fight? It didn't. It doesn't say. I'm just. I'm looking. I'm Here, looking at it. Here's the magic about this. Dave's probably going to watch this, and Dave doesn't like boxing. Yeah, you'll probably, probably. watch this. There's right. there actually there. There's a lot of people I know that, and that was what I was getting to too. Is that, and there are a lot of people who are who just watch MMA. They don't watch boxing. Who are going to watch this and maybe watch maybe a few other boxing events after this. Just. After watching this boxing match, well, and and I don't. Let's be clear. I don't know that I'll actually be watching it, <laughs> but I'm sure too. I will be somewhere where it is on a screen of some sort right. while I am consuming alcohol. Right. That's exactly. Right. <laughs> yes. So make you just reser- because you don't watch it doesn't mean you're not putting the numbers up there. Right. That's that's, that's all we're saying. I, I will be present and right. accounted for. <laughs> it will break Super Bowl <laughs> records. Not only will it every restaurant that carries those Hooters, Buffalo Wild Wings, all those places mm-hmm. are going to be jammed. It's actually good for the economy. Oh, that's the other thing. Uh, Liz brought up a good point. Liz, you did put in two cents. McGregor does not have his license still yet from Nevada. It's probably a small point because here's the one thing that I've told everybody about. Nevada's the one that, oh, Mayweather's fighting for domestic abuse. We're going to postpone his three-month sentence until after he fights. So they're going to find a way to get him his license because they're not going to throw away this much money. No. They don't have state income tax from no. their, their people. No. So, like, to them, this is the greatest thing ever. Right. It's even greater than the Oakland Raiders now moving there. Um, I don't know. We're going to have a lot of time to talk about this. Maybe we should even make shirts and stuff until we get the cease and desist letter. <laughs> what What shirts? Mayweather. Oh, 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 oh. But until, see, somebody, no. until somebody says no. Oh, no, no, no. We need to make the shirts that have, like, one thing that's wrong with it. You know how, like, when you go to, like, concerts or whatever and, you know, you buy, like, a Metallica shirt, but it says Metallica's or something, you know? It's like the... The, the cheap knockoffs. The cheap knockoffs. Yes. Yeah, that's what we need to make. That way they can't hit us for, uh, you know, copyright issues because it's not... Mayweather and and McGregor. It's Mayweather and MacGregor. You know, <laughs> McDowell's. 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 Exactly. <laughs> Coming to America. Right. Exactly. That yeah, that's a bad what, idea. Yeah, that's all we need to do. And then you know, I mean, half of the people that all, will probably buy the shirt wouldn't know the difference, anyways. They don't know there's no A in McGregor. Oh, there's going to be people that have no idea about boxing that will yeah. watch this. Yeah. And then there's actually somebody out there that thinks McGregor can win. <laughs> There's always a puncher's chance. That's all I'm saying. I'm, that's all I'm Mm-mm. saying. There's always a puncher's chance. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nope. Yep. All right. So maybe a bad comparison here, right? Uh-huh. One of my favorite things to do is paddleboard on a surfboard and paddle. Okay. okay. I would not put myself against Kelly Slater and assume I can surf a wave because I can stand up on a surfboard. That's probably the difference we're looking at McGregor's talent-wise. Could I beat Kelly Slater in a surfing competition? Well, no, but you're talking about paddleboarding. That's but it's on a surfboard. But that's but that's different. Then it's not on a surfboard. But it's what, on a paddleboard. But those what, are two different, completely but types of boards. What does McGregor do? He does MMA. Totally right. different. But it's not totally different because it's still fighting. It's still boxing. I mean, boxing is an element of MMA. It's Some not martial like art. it's not right. like okay. A, 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 a compa- the comparison that you're giving is if you took a jujitsu fighter and put him against Mayweather as a boxer. The, the completely different in the same realm, but completely different. Okay, 
May, what you're talking about would be like, okay, it would be like if you were if you were a um, uh, if you were a surfer, but you had like a, a, a whole bunch of different tricks in your arsenal. Okay, you didn't just surf; you surfed, and you could also, you know, do the three sixty, and you could also ride Compared to like the wave. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, but what I'm saying is, like uh, Kelly Slater or whatever, you know, it concentrates on just like one type of surfing. It's the ten time world champion, right? That's what I'm saying. Just let, let for if we're going to use this comparison, Kelly Slater, you know, does only one type of surfing. Okay, it'd be the the comparison would be if you did that type of surfing and you did another type of surfing and you did another type of surfing and you did all of them pretty good, not great, but pretty good. You were pretty good in all of them. And if there was a classification where you had to compete in all three, you were the best out of those three. But against just that one type of surfer, you weren't great. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know how to like. Exp- you still but, have a, a very slight chance of winning. All exactly. I'm saying is boxing oh, is no a component. But all I'm saying is boxing is a component of MMA. So it's not like you're taking somebody who's never done it before, even remotely done it before, and trying to go up against a boxer. We're taking your surfing questions at podcast <laughs> yeah. right now. Um, I'm, I'm, Laird, I'm, Laird Hamilton, though, really quickly, best surfer ever. Never, never entered a competition, by the way. Yeah. He's the one that invented that uh, for the waves that he used to ride, you had to get a jet ski to pull you to those waves because there's no way you could paddle into them. He's the one that rode like the 60, 60 feet waves, mm-hmm. like the the unbelievable. I think he, I think he, you would have to look it up. I think he's credited for riding the biggest wave ever. Um, it's amazing the guy's still alive. But anyways, you know you can't paddle into those, so I, I don't know. I w- okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna use this analogy uh, then. Okay, uh, baseball. I'm gonna use a baseball analogy. Analogy. Okay. Let's say that uh, McGregor is a pitcher, and he's the best pitcher there is. There is no other pitcher who can pitch like McGregor – or not McGregor, I'm sorry, Mayweather. Okay, Mayweather is the best pitcher ever. Uh, Nobody, you know, nobody can pitch like Mayweather, okay? He is the best at that one specific thing. And then you got McGregor who can pitch, but he also plays catcher. He plays first base. He plays outfield. He has all these different skills that are still in the same realm, but he's not concentrated on just that one thing. And yeah, maybe he can't throw as fast as Mayweather, or he can't, you know, his slider's just a little bit off from Mayweather, but he can still do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's the comparison that we're making. But what I'm trying to say is that he's trying to learn. So, okay, let's let's use David Phillips over here, right? He, he can build a website, right? Okay. What if I decide that I'm going to challenge him to building a website? We both train over six months. He's still going to kill me because no, well, no. I don't know how to build oh, a website. But you're starting from scratch you, and building a website. Essentially starting No, but he's scratch. not because boxing is a component of MMA. It's not different. from scratch. Different. But it's, it's, it's different as in it's the only discipline. People are like he has knockout power. Now do it with 10-ounce gloves. Right. Well, no. He's it, not, it'll he, feel like pillows. Yeah, he doesn't have knockout power with 10-ounce 10 ounce gloves. So I, I, that's not that's not my my point. You know, 
it is always a puncher's chance. It doesn't matter who you are. If you get into a ring, there's always a chance that something bad's going to happen. You're going to slip. They're going to just hit you just right, you know, right on the right spot at the right time. You know, things can happen. All I'm saying is it's not like Mayweather has never boxed before. Boxing no, is a Ma- component. McGregor you're talking Huh? You're talking McGregor. McGregor. It's not like McGregor has never taught boxed before. Boxing is a component of MMA. It's just not the sole component of MMA, where boxing is the sole component of boxing. There is no other thing that you have to do in boxing except for box. MMA, you have to be able to box, but you also have to be able to check legs. You have to be able to do jujitsu. You have to be able to do grappling. You have to be, you know, so there's a lot more to it. It's much broader, so you don't have that laser focus of one specific discipline like you do with boxing, but it's still in the same realm. It's not like you're starting from scratch completely. I'm just saying that Mayweather has faced people that. We're practicing boxing from five years on, which we're quicker than McGregor. Yes, I he's understand able that. to fill it out. I, I'm I don't not think saying he has a that McGregor's going to win. All I'm saying is more complicated than shit can happen. Him. Shit can happen. That's all yeah, I'm saying. The guy can fall from the ceiling. Uh, the fan guy with the parachute, I guess. No, like, all I'm Mayweather saying. All I'm saying is okay. They're they're fighting in T-Mobile Arena or whatever. Okay, it's a it's a fight. You know, sweat, blah, blah, blah. Mayweather goes to slip. He slips on a little bit of sweat. His head just moves just slightly off kilter, just as McGregor's coming in, hits him right in the temple, just at the right spot. Mayweather goes down. It can happen. Is it probably going to happen? No. But it there's always a chance that something bad could happen. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm saying is that 99 We'll say 99% Mayweather is just going to trounce Coast. McGregor. Coast. I, I think McGregor is going to make it dirty. And that's no, I, I agree. I agree. I think he's going to get frustrated. He's going to try some stuff, and it's, you know, it's going to get ugly. I do. I think that's going to happen. But all I'm saying is that shit can happen and that there's always a 1% chance that McGregor's just going to hit him at the wrong spot at the wrong time, and Mayweather could go down. That's all I'm going to say. And that's the only way that McGregor would win. Excited for another three months of this talk. <laughs> that's, yeah, and, three months. And that's the only way that McGregor could win. He's not going to win by points. He's not going to win by outboxing Mayweather. The only way that he can win is if he gets a lucky shot. And I do mean lucky, but a lucky shot. That's all that can happen. It's it's Vegas. That's all Vegas is about is pressing your luck, you yep. know? And that's why they keep building them bigger, Jimmy, and with nicer <laughs> stuff because not many people no, win on no, that luck. No, but 1% of the people who go there do win that luck. There's always that 1% that They, they luck, come up on my happen. Facebook feed, but I don't think they're real people holding those <laughs> checks. I really don't. You know, it's but, always some old lady, sixty-three thousand. <laughs> she played like the Egyptian king uh, jack, jackpot and hit the slot machine. I'm like, ah, oh. you know, and she probably has lost her inheritance for the. Well, kids. that's so the she, won, she won. Sixty-three, she won sixty-three. She won sixty-three thousand. But what they don't say is that she spent yeah. seventy-three thousand to get there. Yeah. You know, ever since Harold died four years ago, <laughs> yeah, she exactly. lost everything. Right? Yeah, and the exactly. grandkids are like, you shouldn't go to the casino, Grandma, yeah. anymore. Damn you, I'm going to the casino if I want to. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, we'll be talking about this for the next three months. There's no question about that. 
I, I do have to do some production over. Did you give Dave our songs? Were yes, you able to transfer them over? Mm-hmm. Oh, shoot. I, we've got to figure out a way to communicate sign language wise sometimes when we don't want to get it on the air. Just be like, look at you and you'll know what I'm talking about. Where's your laptop? You could have just typed it to me. Yeah, exactly. You guys are the tech people. Like Dave will sometimes be like, you just do this. And I'm like, oh, man. Okay. Exciting news, though. We own TeamUndercard.com. Yeah. It was quite the fight. Yeah. <laughs> but we actually own TeamUndercard.com. Yeah. Uh, we are kind of negotiating for Undercard.com. Yep. Some a-hole owns it. Bought it a long time ago. Yep. And uh, what an a-hole. 20 years ago bought it. We – we oh, you got go your mic with, on. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot I muted myself. <laughs> we, we were going after Detroit.net mm-hmm. when we were still Detroit.net. And some guy bought it like 20 years ago. Yeah, a, a ridiculous man and wanted like 10 grand for it. Yeah. And we we're like, no. Like, that's cool. We'll go off and build this. That's fine. You have fun with that. And last I checked, he's still same guy, parked on it. Nothing. <laughs> well, that's how did you did. The, you should have made it Detroit.net. No, that would have even confused me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, how we're negotiating with that guy. So we own TeamUndercard.com, right. which yeah. we might be stuck with. I mean, that that's, might be. That's fine. That's fine. That yeah, works. that's fine. But how we're negotiating with the other guy is like, if we don't buy it, who the fuck will ever buy it? Like, yeah. I mean, if not us, now, right. who? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, but I don't know. Dave would have to refresh us on that when everybody was just buying names. And you know what we should do, Jimmy? And this should be our investment for the Call future. the Root Squad? No, get Dave involved in this. Every oh. time, like, a new Disney movie breaks or something like uh-huh. that, not find, like, the big actors, like the Zac Efron's. Find the kids that might make it and start buying their names in .com and then wait for them to hit and then sell them to them for, like, 15 grand. Yeah, but it's a different world now because now you have – especially when it's somebody's um, – I mean it, it's a little weird if it's somebody's name. Like if they can prove that you're squatting, they can go to WIPO and have the domain, the World Intellectual Property Organization, and have the domain yanked for from you. Um, Search MayweatherMcGregor.com. And so, I mean it's it's a thing. You know, I mean you can. I mean we've – I've – I've gotten a few cease and desist letters over the years, <laughs> um, and not one of them is stuck because you know I've made sure that everything I can do is defendable. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, with you know, it's like the uh, the Microsoft versus Mike Rowe soft. I don't know if you remember that one, right? You know, the guy was Mike Rowe, and he ran a software company, and he was Mike Rowe soft, and Microsoft tried to sue him for years. He was safe and lost. Um, Small people. Well, because well, his name's Mike Rowe. I mean, it, it's a thing. You know, there's not much you can do about that. So, yeah, I mean, it just it, it varies. It's out there. Well, let's buy Elizabeth's name while we're at it, too. <laughs> I got a GoDaddy account. Let's just run it up. <laughs> oh, my God. That way, when you hit it big, Liz, you're going to have to come negotiate with us. All right. We're already asking 15. Right. Well, at least nope. I know it's you guys. <laughs> exactly. You don't know what we'll put up there. You better buy it for 15 grand. Uh, Mayweather McGregor. How is Boba Sweat doing, by the way? I haven't done a damn thing with it. Dude, I I have so many domains that I own that somebody's I parked on it. Don't even do anything with. Somebody's Someone, parked. There's there's no actual website, but somebody's got so it parked. Yeah, parked. Yeah. Damn them. So yeah. so so smart. McGregorMayweather.com. Same Let's person. See. Let's see. Hold on. Damn. I got to I gotta find it's it. It's good radio, though, too. <laughs> We're just searching domain names. Yeah, you should be on all over Boba Sweat. 
It's a yep, gym. Same you... same thing. It's parked. Damn it. Yeah. Oh well. We're so bad at this tech stuff. <laughs> well, the, the the minute the minute that Sports Center went live and they announced that, boom, somebody already got it. Yeah. You know? Somebody already went on there and bought the domain. Well, Team Undercard, now that we own it, I can talk about it. That was a weird one because it was like I just didn't understand why someone would buy that because it didn't make sense unless you are us. Well, what we so do. for what it's worth, Mayweather McGregor has been registered for well over a year. Okay. So when, well, they, when we broke it, so when we broke he's a it, fan so of somebody ours. did. Yeah, exactly. It's somebody out of Arizona. Okay. We'll call him a fan. (laughs) (laughs) Dave Dave talks down to me. It's the whole computers for dummies with me. He'll be like, see how it works. And then when we lost the show the one time and Mm -hmm. he's trying to explain, I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. The lost show that just went on forever. He's like, did this happen? I was like, I don't even know. If it's not a TI-83 calculator, I am lost. <laughs> if I can't put an speaking, equation into it. Speaking of TI, I, um, uh, I found, we found in the uh, uh, garage, the back part of the garage, uh, our old TI-99 computer. Shut up. Yeah. And actually, we found two of the cartridges that came with the Jawbreaker and Parsec. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get it to work, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I tried booting it up to see if it would work, and it just it's just there. I mean, I'm sure it's been heat and cold and everything, right. humidity, and, yeah, and, yeah, humidity, and but yeah, um, I'm sure Dave would buy my, it for the lobby. Yeah, my uh, uh, a buddy of mine, his mom uh, passed away a couple years ago, and she had a uh, I think it was like a first. Uh, what was the what was the one before the Apple II E? The turtle one. No, I don't remember what it was called. It was an apple, but it wasn't Apple IIe. It was the one before that. No, it was just an apple. Okay, it was yeah. an apple. So that's what she had was an apple, and it was like in pristine condition, like had been sitting in her oh, yeah, attic. Those be worth like 60, 80 grand. Yeah, and that's what he sold. He sold it for like 55 or something like that. Yeah, and that was like – that was that, and that's how he paid for her funeral. I mean, honestly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right, let's move on uh, really quickly. Uh, so Dana White. Received his promoter's license uh, separate from the UFC. Uh, he's going to go – back when we go on Tuesday nights, he's going to go against us. UFC President Dana White will launch his new contender series on Tuesday night, July 11th, and now he's received a promoter's license for the events in Nevada. It may sound strange coming from the UFC promoter that he didn't have a license in the state, but it was made clear during the Nevada State Athletic Commission meeting on Wednesday that the new series is being kept completely separate from the UFC. Now, this is the worst name ever. And Actually, one more, Google. Google if this is actually taken yet. Let's buy it and make Dana pay. Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. It's DWTNCS, like Dancing with the Stars, but with way too many words in it. DWTNCS? Yep, dot com. Uh, Yes. It's under construction, coming soon. There you go. Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series, DWTNACS, was approved for a promoter's license, but the show will not coincide with UFC outside of fights airing on the UFC Fight Pass, the promotion's digital streaming service. 
The separation is likely due to contractual obligations with the fighters who will be signed to compete on the cards. Winning fighters aren't guaranteed a spot on the UFC roster, although the promotion hopes to find future competitors through the series. While no official announcement has been made regarding the first card on July 11th, former UFC fighter Kurt Holabaugh, uh, I'm sorry, Holabaugh, is expected to compete in the main event um, in a featherweight showdown. So he's got his own thing going. So now, now you're starting to see Dana White probably, uh, probably within a year leaving the UFC, doing his own thing. Uh, remember, he he got paid a lot of money not to be owner and do the exact same thing he's been conti- uh, consistently doing. Um, so there you go. So more Dana White. We will never be rid of him, actually. Um, but maybe a prediction: he won't be around in December when the UFC comes to the. Little Caesars, maybe, maybe, probably not. I mean, he's gonna. I mean, he made so much money, so much money. So let me ask you this: Do you think that because about a year ago, when when you know uh, Ostian broke it on our show, Dana White was still railing, saying that this, the fight was never going to happen, 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 and then about. Six months ago or so, he changed his mind and started talking about it. Do you think that had to do with the fact that the new owners came on board oh, yeah. and they're like, "Okay, yeah, and, we 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 spent four billion on this piece of shit. Now, yeah. we, now we got to make some money, back. right? So we you were going to make this McGregor Mayweather fight happen, right? Yeah, I yeah. I agree. I was just curious on your take. Uh, they're predicting five hundred million minimum will be made on this fight. Yeah. You figure Floyd will probably take home two two fifty. Yeah, Connor seventy. Yeah, um, what it will do for Vegas business wise, hotel wise, <laughs> even I the mean, shit ones, Circus Circus will oh, be yeah. having a field day. I like Circus Circus. Come on, dude, it's clowns. I love it. Dave, back me up here. Circus Circus, no, two no. Di- no, dude. Come next, on, next to slots of fun, no. Okay. It is next to slots. I know, I know, but up. I mean, come on. If you're on a budget and you can't afford, you know, the price of your hotels, you know, it's fun and it's cheap. Oh, I know it is. Right. And there's a big top under there too. And, it's a and circus show every 15 and, minutes. And that's awesome. Like that. that is awesome. Uh, <laughs> nothing awesome about yeah, that. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Uh, that whole that whole side up I'm to sorry, the stratosphere. I, I'm sorry I'm not, you know – Rich like you guys. I didn't say I was. It. Well, I didn't say I was. If you if you're staying anywhere besides a place like Circus Circus in Vegas, then you're kind of a richy rich. You should get Bally's for like seventy nine dollars, and that's old school. That nah. was Bugsy Siegel back in the day too. Yeah, and you also can get Bugsy's STDs by sleeping there. Allegedly, <laughs> says God, the dude, we guy need a lawyer about Circus Circus. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> we need a but it's a family friendly place. It is. Your kids can and go you're not, there and watch you gamble. Right. Yeah. And you're not going to get, you know, because there's not going to be as many sleazy people there. My kid's already going to be a gambler. The way he lights up with the <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese and he knows the concept. Oh, yeah. Like if I wager something, I can win. You know, yeah, yeah. He's already halfway there. Oh, that's, that's, that's. Everything's you a better bet watch to that. Too. He's like, I'll bet you yeah. that I can do this. You better oh, watch no, that. No, no, yeah. <laughs> but I'm yeah. not going to take him to Circus Circus anytime soon. There's no way. Um, <laughs> let's go to our first break. Uh, Andre Ward versus Sergey Kovalov yeah, is happening that's this happening weekend. Too. Yep. We're going to talk about Bellator, uh, Mike Goldberg, uh, and we have a cosplay guest mm-hmm. uh, coming on later on the show. Yep, uh, we had a lot of fun with It and the D doing the Motor City Comic Con, and so I'm sure we're going to talk about what it's like to be a cosplayer. 
Dave will back me up really quick before we go on a break. When you dress up like that, it seems like they don't even get a chance to enjoy the con because everybody's stopping them for a picture. Okay, but that's sort of the point. point. Yeah, that's what they want more than. I, I mean, that's around. yeah. I mean, by, by and large, you're not getting dressed up in a costume of something and then going to a place with fifty thousand people that are going to go, "Ooh, look at that!" If you don't want people going, "Ooh, look at that!" Right, it's, it, <laughs> right. It's, that no, that would be dumb. You should, if that's the case, then you should just dress up like. Buffalo Bob, in, in, you know, in front of the mirror and do your thing. God bless yeah. the girls that do uh, Ion Flux from uh, oh, Ion Flux, Flux yeah. with just the tape yep. and like nothing else. Yep. God bless those girls. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to our first break. We'll be back in a second. <laughs> Welcome back to the undercard, everybody. Uh, joined by Dave from IT and the D's working the board for us. Rochelle's off. Jimmy and Ring Girl Liz. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more fights here in a little bit. But Dave hit a milestone uh, this Monday. IT and the D turned uh, 200 episodes old. Congratulations. Yeah, it was four years, yeah. yeah. Crazy. So it's a wild ride, eh? And we did. We thought back, and literally the only episodes we missed were back at the Russell. <laughs> <laughs> How far you come? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no more asbestos. No more. Well, know? like I don't know if you if you get to listen to the intro from from Monday night's episode. Just See, I missed that. I, I went through and I pieced together like a whole lot of stuff from over the years, like you know the old you know raw radio bumper and then a record screech and then <laughs> you know and even like you know from our first studio and then a record. Screech. So yeah, it was it was fun. It was we had a, a lot of the old gang came back in. Um, and we just sat around and got really really drunk and 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 talked <laughs> crap for. Two and a half hours. <laughs> Does it seem like two hundred episodes? And it, it's years? crazy. It, I still this that show is still the fastest two hours of my life every yep. week, um, and it's nuts what it's you know the doors that it's opened for us and the things that we've done and what it's evolved into, you know, with the studio and the network and all that other kind of. I mean, it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, and to think about uh, terrestrial radio, we yeah. talk about it all the time. Uh, let's just use 97.1 as an example. Sure, it's a why not? station. They podcast their terrestrial radio. You can mm-hmm. go find it. Oh, it's like terrestrial everybody- radio finally clued in and they realized that, you know, yeah, okay, great. You had the advantage for a long, long time because of the, you built into people's cars. Um, and now with the advent of Bluetooth, you know, like uh, my car, I drive around with my phone Bluetoothed into my speakers um, and I'm listening to podcasts. And now you've got, you know, Apple's platform and Android Play and all that other stuff that's now in cars ready to go. And every car, you know, all the new cars have built in Wi-Fi hotspots and all that stuff. It's becoming easier and easier for people to make that opt to go listen to podcasts instead of terrestrial radio. So do you think podcast has hit its peak yet? Oh, God, Popularity? no. No. No, I think it's it's going to be <laughs> – it's in a weird, really weird place right now just because <laughs> you know the running joke is you know one out of every two people has listened to a podcast because one out of every two people has a podcast. Right, yeah. Uh, you know, and it's, it's going to be weird over the next couple years as, you know, metrics get a little bit better, analytics gets a little bit better. Um, it's what it's really missing now is is a lot of the maturity model stuff that it needs to really be a serious platform. But you know, when you look at whether it's Nielsen with TV or Arbitron with radio, both of those numbers are complete crap. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you know, Nielsen is small sample size extrapolated out to actual population. Yep. 
so you're guessing, and then Arbitron is we send stuff out in the mail and rely on whoever mails stuff back to us and then extrapolate. Yep. You know, so I mean, those those numbers are bogus. I mean, at least with us, I can sit there and I can say, okay, yeah, that's actually how many listeners. You know, and if if they were logged in, I can tell you where they're from, demographics, all that kind of fun stuff. So I mean, it's it it. I think it's people don't give podcasts enough credit just yet for what they're capable of doing, especially on a hyper local level. But we'll see. It's going to be interesting. Well, it was it was interesting because like there was a point where like people would put you down because it was a podcast and not actual you know appointment radio or real yep. radio. But now it's come around. We live in a DDR a, world, right? I, I want to listen to what I want, when I want, how I want. Don't tell me I got to wake up at six in the morning to listen to your morning show when right. I work second shift. I still want to listen to it, but not at six in the morning. So I mean, that, and that's that's really where we are now. You know, it's like us. Yeah, we record out of habit more than anything else. You know, when we started, you know, down at the Russell, it was Monday nights, 9 to 11. That was our time slot. When we moved to our own first studio, we could have moved to any other day, any other time. We kept it just from force of habit. We moved here. We could have moved any other day or time. We kept it from force of habit. You know, but that's – yeah, it's – I guess it's appointment listening for a few people, you know, that want right. to tune in and hear what we have to say live and that kind of stuff. But, I mean, by and large, it's all about the syndication. I mean, it's all about that after the fact. And to that degree, you know, there's there's still some appointment base to it because consistency is key. Right. You know, you want to make sure that you've got episodes out there every week and you hit your cadence and that's the thing. But it's not it's not about the live. That's That's the difference. Uh, yeah, and the one question, correct me because you know much more about it, but I think the only thing that doesn't work with podcasts is like the typical music show because like, okay, you know, it's like – I never understood because we, we've had a couple here um, yeah. on the network and the ones that are still around are ones that I've sat down and had a chat with and said, look, you know, I get it. Like that's what you're used to, like whether you ran, you know, on a college radio station or, or wherever you were. That's the format you ran with, and that's cool, but it's dumb for you to pay me money to play music. Right. That makes no sense to me. Like, and I feel like I'm ripping you off. Right. Like, if you want to build a show around your personality and have, you know, yeah, still have music and still have guests in and, and that sort of stuff, but don't make that, you know, like the one show I'm thinking of, you know, don't make that an hour and 45 minutes out of your two hour show. Is all music. Yeah. It just, that doesn't make sense. And, and, and the people are, you know, starting to, you know, have kind of you know, come around that are still here and they're doing it. Yeah. Because music is now readily available. If you have the YouTube Red app, I mean, anything. Or Pandora or, you know, whatever Ooh. you want to, I mean, it's, 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 that's already right there. There's no sense trying to compete with that. Right. So IT and the D celebrating, you're about four years too, right? Or yeah, is it was coming four in? years, yeah. No, June third was uh, was four years. And exactly where we're at yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, it, and it's funny because we were talking about uh, Laird Hamilton earlier, but I'm going to quote him here really quick. Is that when you start anything, he goes, "The first thing might be out of anger, you know, you know, I I, I need money or do this or something like that," and then it becomes dealing it with it with content or dealing it with love. There's so many emotions over these four years that we've been doing the undercard oh, yeah. that it's like. You're always relearning it because you're at different situations in your life, mm-hmm. um, and then you still got to find a way to do it. I mean, I, I mean, have you, have you guys? How how have you worked out those challenges? Well, I mean, to us, it's it's our bowling night. Yeah, you know, it's you know, Monday night, nine p.m. Your ass is sitting in the seat, you know, or else you know your team loses ten pins, and you're the jerk that's going to hear about it next week, and all that sort of thing. And when we knew from the get go, you know, even even back then when we started. If we just went out and bought equipment and like put it in my basement, 
we would forever find reasons to not do it. Yeah. Like, you know, eh, let's just go hit the bar. Eh, I don't want to do it this week. Or, eh, what, you know, whatever. But, you know, with that appointment-based and kind of holding each other to it, I mean, there have been, like, there have been some nights where, like, no, dude, like, you, our show is <laughs> Monday night. That's, yeah. we gotta, that's what we got to do. You know, and Bob's missed stuff. I've missed stuff. I mean, it's, it's a thing. You know, but it's... You know, it's it's that consistency. I I think in some part, you know, that's that's helped us do what we do. Uh, it's absolutely great. I mean, uh, what's your favorite moment over four years? Oh God, uh, over four years. God, favorite leaving the Russell. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, that's, that's everybody's. Uh, no, I mean, it's you know, honestly, our because I went back and our first show. It was it was so funny. And I, it, it's so funny to listen to it now because, like, we had no idea what the hell we were. I mean, like, we not like we do now, but you know, like we didn't. And oh, I got the and the equipment. What, dude? The equipment was such crap. Like, just listening to the sound quality and that kind of stuff, and, and listen to it. So, I mean, like, but like that first episode. I remember what a rush it was, and just and how hammered we were walking in because <laughs> um, we didn't know what we were going to do. And then, you know, just and then other stuff like, you know, the night we had uh, the folks from Flint in here, you know, and we had the U of M professor that was doing all the Very water mapping surveys yeah. and that kind of stuff. You know, so, I mean, that's that's a favorite from like that perspective. You know, the you know, we had, uh, you know, all the Comic Con stuff that we've done, you know, all the guests that we've gotten to talk to and all the places that we've gotten to go. I mean, that's that's amazing. You know, I mean, so I mean, and and then honestly, I mean, the starting of the network. I right. mean, you know, it's that it evolved into that where now it's us trying to help other people find a platform and find a voice and find their thing. I wish Jimmy would have been there for those conversations. And now that since Raw Radio X is long gone in the past and everything, but uh, when you know Dave asks, "Are you happy where you're at?" and I'm like, "Absolutely not." Are you guys happy? And mm-hmm. and so we're at XICW, and Bob has already had a lot of Paps Blue Ribbons. <laughs> He's like, he's like, I'm with me. So we walk in the hallway where where XICW is in the Imperial House. We keep walking. We're walking to like the third place where there's a wedding going on. Mm-hmm. This is where Bob feels comfortable enough. <laughs> right. No one's gonna hear. And he's like, we're jumping ship. You in? And I was like, absolutely, dude. I didn't even know where they were going. I was just like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> you know exactly. But he felt. Safe enough by yeah. the wedding, you know. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm looking at the bride. I'm like, she's hot, <laughs> you know. And, and Bob's like, we're leaving. You gonna come? I was like, absolutely. Yeah, like, I mean, you, you was, tell me. You know, and it was you know? one of those things where, well, you know, and and then when we left, I mean, we tried to leave on the best terms we could. I mean, did, like we I, we bought all that gear that was in there yeah. by the time we left, and we because left you were it replacing there. everything. Well, yeah, and we left it there because like, I didn't want anybody else to be caught short. I didn't want you know there was no need. We bought all new stuff when we moved, yeah. you know, and it's you know it is what it is. I mean, it, it's it's been a lot of learning. I mean, I've. I never wanted to be an audio engineer. I never, you know, but I mean, like the stuff that we've gone through trying to figure this out and getting the app up and running right and, you know, all the different channels in the app and the different streams and all that, all that, all the functionality and stuff that goes into this now. I mean, it's, it's crazy. We have a building and a sign out at the street. That's nuts. I know. Like that's nuts. Like it's, it's a thing. Like it's, it's really a thing. People at Comic-Con knew you. Like, you know, when I'm walking through and, and someone's like, where, where are you at? Podcast Detroit. I know those guys. I uh, remember the year before. You know, I know Bob and Dave. Right. Um, but so, so you answered the question that podcasting still has a lot, lot, of, lot of growth. Where, oh, where yeah. do you think the growth is at? Because as you admit, 
everybody now. When we when we first started this, wasn't a lot of people. No, nope. now everybody's doing it. Yeah. Well, and you've got you know you know because it the barrier to entry is so low. That's why, right? You know, you can literally sit in your living room with, with a microphone, a, a laptop, laptop, and a USB mic, and and off you go. Or or a truck like uh, what's their face? Who had uh, a truck? Josh. Parisian. Uh, Parisian. Parisian. Oh they yeah. Used to do it out oh. of his Josh truck used to something. do it out of his truck. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's you know it, it, you know it, the market is. Incredibly set, you know. It's it's an incredibly saturated landscape right now, and and I think what's going to happen, you know, you're going to see more of like what Gimlet is doing, where you know, like Gimlet's out of Chicago, you know, and and they're you know they've they've got some VC, um, and from what I understand, they just signed like a ten year lease on a building in Brooklyn um, that they're looking to like build out and and do more of this with. You know, you have, you know, Podcast Garage in Boston, you know, that that's doing sort of what we do, but more, you know, they're also putting a lot more onto the, uh, like, doing classes for people and that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's I think people are going to get a lot more discerning about what's out there and what they're willing to tolerate being out there. You know, the market, it's, I think it's, you know, it's like, it, you know, turn on your TV. There's 8,000 channels at any given point in time with yeah. a bajillion different kinds of shows. But by and large, we still, by nature, probably watch five or six channels. And we record the ones at, we want. Yeah, at most. You know, and so, I mean, that's that's what happens. And that's why so much of podcasting is word of mouth. I mean, it's, it's all about, you know, somebody saying, hey, have you heard or hey, have you seen or hey, have you done, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, that's really what it comes down to. And so, like I said, it's, it's going to be, you know, that's why we – we hope that when people come here and record, you know, it's it's a good boost for them. You know, at least gets them, you know, up and running. Uh, and yeah, we'll see what happens from there. And you guys have always pushed the envelope too. Like you were talking the discussion of Flint. You've had you've had some real topics that most people won't touch because they they feel like you know that yeah. that's. I don't want to say political suicide because they're not in politics, but they won't take the risk around it. No, I mean, like, God, the four and a half hour marathon, what does it mean to be black in America thing we did, you know, mm-hmm. with, you know, with Calvin and Eric and those guys, it, it, I, that was exhausting. And we, and I didn't even talk, you know, it was, that was like, just turn on the mics and let them go. Right. Uh, and, but even, I mean, that was exhausting just to listen to, but I mean, you know, but we got a lot of kudos for it just because, but I mean, that's. That's kind of how we look at it. You know, it's we don't really know why we have this platform we have. Right. But we're going to use it for good while we can, you know, as long as we can. And so that's why, you know, like building, you know, did we really need to well, did we really need to launch a network out of our studio? You know, the first one? No, but we did <laughs> cuz people needed help. Yeah. You know, and and wanted a place to go. And you know, did we really need you know, to go find a building with four rooms in it that could be studios, you know, when we filled Absolutely. that one up. <laughs> no, we didn't need to, but we did because Absolutely. there were more people in that situation. So, I mean, that's – and that's, you know, that, that's the one thing about us, you know, whether it's it and or Podcast Detroit or anything like that. You know, we, we really try hard not to push into anything. We always wind up getting pulled. You know, so like, you know, now we're talking about, you know, green screen and photo backdrops and all that kind of stuff in one of the rooms because we've had – a bunch of our photographer friends that have asked us for like a nice, comfortable, safe place to do shoots. Right. Uh, and so if we can multi-purpose one of the rooms here and and get away with you know it both being a green screen capable video thing for podcasts and at some place the photographers can come shoot, awesome. You know that's that you know great. You know yeah, it's a little business diversification for us, and but it it's a need that people say, hey, we need help with. Can you help? 
See, and I, I think the the great part of this is so like everybody's had, knows a podcaster or is doing podcasting. So then it comes back to content. You mm-hmm. actually have to do your homework. You actually have to have a show. You actually have to have pre-production. And you ah. have to know your shit. Hey, laugh about it. <laughs> but you have to know your shit because you're competing against everybody anymore. Well, yeah. And I mean, and it's, you know, that's the thing. And people are starting to get pickier about things like sound quality. You know, if, if you're running off of, you know, like blog talk radio, which a lot of people do, right. but it's essentially Someone or a, telephone, a party line. It from the, like. It's like a party line from the 80s, right. which is really what it is, you know, and, and it sounds like it, you know, and so people are starting to, you know, kind of migrate. And that's, you know, the, the biggest growth that we've seen from, you know, like new shows joining the network are people that are ready, to, that, are, that are taking that next step. They're like, hey, you know what, I've been recording in my living room, you know, for a year or six months or whatever, and I'm ready to start having guests in, and I don't want them in my living room. Or, you know, I've been recording it for so long and I wanted to start sounding better, you know, right. and, and that sort of thing. So, I mean, it's, it's cool. I mean, that's – and hopefully that's the, that's the platform we keep providing. Exactly. Liz, what do you think about podcasting? You've been around for a long time, four years now. It's definitely upgraded since I've been with you guys. <laughs> she was there for the old mm-hmm. days. I was. She probably um, was like, I'm here for say, the rape in the old building. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what it was say, about. When did, when did you join us? How long ago was that? Because you weren't at the very beginning. No. No, I was like a year into that. Okay. It was about a year. Yeah. Because yeah. okay. we talked about that yeah. Monday night, how we would go to Third Street and just get our guests <laughs> hammered. <laughs> so they feel comfortable. And say, okay, yeah, look, yeah. it's going to look like we're taking you to a torture porn set. Exactly. <laughs> but I swear to God, we're not taking you no, to a torture porn set. <laughs> that, that, was, that was the built. The that was two doors down. Two doors yeah, down, was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, when I first showed up, I was like, I was with another ring girl, and I was like, is this really where we're going? And she's like, yeah, it's just wait till we get inside. <laughs> and we start going up, and she's like, I was like, is it this floor? She's like, nope, another one. Is it this floor? No, it's the next one. Yeah, I mean, it was bad. The, the, it the, was bad. The worst part for us, and Jimmy will verify, is we would have athletes that were fighting that week yeah. that I know were going to get you. USADA tested for drugs. Yeah. And because of the producers at the time, yeah. they would walk through marijuana fog yeah. uh-huh, to get in there. And like I would cross my fingers like, please let them pass that drug oh, test. Oh, yeah. Because like I was just – it was so unprofessional. Yeah. And then, it, wasn't even, it wasn't even just that studio. It, the entire floor smelled like <laughs> yeah. a Cheech and Chong set. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly, dude. You you know, I, dude, I remember – God, and we smelled like weed, sex, and regret. <laughs> That actually of, hasn't changed much. A lot of broken <laughs> dreams on that concrete. Yeah. yeah. No, but I mean, like, I remember, you know, like the first, I don't know, six, eight weeks we were going there, we were laughing because the first four, because, you know, Ra was the fifth door. Mm-hmm. And the first four doors had like big black letters marker on them grow one, grow two, grow three, grow four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we're like, there's no way in hell that people are that stupid. Yeah, I know. And then like the ninth or tenth week, we came walking in. You, there was a raid, yeah, and like all the doors had been kicked, like kicked blown in. off. I their remember hinges. that. Oh yeah, and like and we walked back in there, and yep. she, dude, it like you got a good buzz just walking yep. back in those rooms. Yeah, yep. and we had athletes going in there, and you're, you're like, I hope everything's okay. Right? Well, yeah. wasn't you know? it, it was it was sure that, that too, too, but it was like. You know, the elevator would hardly ever work when it did decide to work. You'd have athletes that are like in top physical condition, not be able to, to walk those getting steps. up to the third floor and going, seriously, guys, like we have to go up another floor. Oh, they were the stairs. worst stairs yeah. in history. I'm still oh, surprised nobody died. And it was either really cold that or really we know. hot. 
It yeah. really cold or really and yeah. they're always Dave mystery takes, puddles of water. Yeah, yeah. thanks well, for regulating the temperature in here. Right it's comfortable. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not a hundred degrees. Yeah, in here. there were always giant mystery puddles of water in the hallway. That wasn't which, water. Do your what's on tap, and then we'll talk a little bit more about uh, podcast Detroit right. and launch. Uh, it's coming up here. Uh, computer's running slow. Hold on here. Gonna go. Well, yeah, do you we want go. to take the break and come back and do that? No, we're doing it right now. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna rock it. Uh, can you bring this slider down for the this? Yep. Uh, oh, not as fat that fast, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, premature. Sorry. I meant slowly bring it oh, down. Oh, you wanted to fade out? Yeah, well, fade see, out. That's, sorry. that's a different thing. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. This is what's on tap. Sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company. <clears throat> Excuse me. June 16th at Detroit. Uh, I believe it's the Masonic, correct? Masonic Temple, Masonic yes. Masonic Temple. Clarissa Shields is fighting. Clarissa Shields versus Sydney LeBlanc. Eight I rounds for the female. I believe her opponent's different now. Middleweights. Oh, it is? Yep. Okay. This is what I pulled off today on ESPN. So Okay. That's uh, what Alexi Zuboff is going Demetrius against Demetrius Banks, Banks versus Alexi Zuboff. Ten rounds for the cruiserweights. Uh, Bakithir uh, Eobov versus Cesar Serrano. Eobov? Eobov. Eobov. Yep. Eobov. Eobov. Let me see. It's the like third it. one down. Uh, yeah, this is Eobov. Eobov. I can't pronounce his okay. first name, though. But that guy's uh, exciting to watch. Versus Cesar Serrano, six rounds for the welterweights. Jericho O'Quinn versus David Martino. Six... Jer- you sure that's not Jericho? It's Jericho. No, Jericho. Jericho? Yeah. Yeah, really? yeah, we call him Rico. We call him Rico, yep. Uh, versus David Martino, six rounds for the Bantamweights. Antonio uh, Urista versus Sadar Hudabirdiev. I think I pronounced that right. Uh, six rounds for the junior middleweights. Uh, Damash uh, uh, Niazov versus Ramon Guevara. Uh, six rounds for the junior welterweights. And Jacob Bonas versus Tony Brooks. Four That's rounds for the welterweights. Bonus. Bonus? Yep. Oh, okay. Bonus. Uh, June 17th at uh, in Texas on ESPN2, we have Pablo Cesar Cano versus Fidel uh, Maldonado Jr., 10 rounds for the junior welterweights. Las Vegas, HPO, pay-per-view, Andre Ward versus Sergey Kovalov. You want me to give my prediction? Rematch. Just run it through. Yep, go ahead. All right, really 12 rounds this. for Ward's WBO, IBF, WBA, light heavyweight titles. And what is your prediction, Brad? Well, really quickly, evenly matched, though. I mean, I think we talked about this for uh, the first fight, but 31 wins versus 30 uh, wins for Kovalov. Ward has 31. Zero losses for Ward because obviously he beat Kovalov one. Uh, the only difference is knockouts, 26-14. The one concern I have is that they're all American judges. This was requested by Andre Ward. Um, but... I do believe Kovalov wins by knockout. I don't believe he will uh, let up on him this time. Their age is even similar. One was born in 83, one was born in 84. Doesn't that make us feel old? Like, I remember 1983 pretty fucking good. Well, you were And we he were was like born. Eight. No, I know. <laughs> we're trying to catch the fly like yeah. Mr. Miyagi over here. Um, yeah, I remember that. Kid. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go Sergei Kovalov by uh, knockout. Okay. Book uh it. June 20th, Las Vegas, PBC on Fox Sports 1. Eddie Ramirez versus Eric Bone. 10 rounds for the junior welterweights. Moving on to MMA, June 17th, UFC Fight Night uh, 111. Home versus Korea in Singapore. 
And also I wanted to bring up that on June 18th, uh, the K1 World Grand Prix 2017, the Super Welterweight Tournament begins in Tokyo, Japan. Uh, and that's What's on Tap, sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company. Do we want to go to a break or do we want to No, let's, let's just finish really okay. quickly about podcast talking and then we'll go on to the break and stuff like that. All right. Um, so Dave might not even know this. We we were idiots in the beginning because we, we, we got the recordings from uh, the great engineer Ricky Rocks. and But we never podcast anything. We were appointment radio mm-hmm. and we, we did have a lot of people listening and stuff like that. But we didn't believe in podcasting. People would stick around. We had the later shift like you guys did, 9 uh-huh. to 11, because it worked out for the West Coast. We had actually people call in from the West Coast on our old show. But, you know, the old network had no idea how to do podcasting. Oh, no, and we argued with you them. You either did it on your own or you didn't oh, do yeah, no, it. I, we argued with that with them about that from day one. I mean, like, so when, like that was one of my requirements was that I walk out of there with the file, mm-hmm. you know, to make sure that I could do that. Because, I mean, it was, it was always about syndication. You know, I mean, we knew from day one, you know, Monday nights, 9 to 11, horrible. For who we thought our demographic was, at least, right? Because we figured that either a they're still in a bar, or b they're putting the kids to bed, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, not, but but it was like I said, it was always about that after the fact, you know. And we, I mean, that was one of the conversations we had with them. And in fact, laughably, you know, I ran into Ricky, I don't know, a year ago or so, um, at an event, and we were you know yakking and talking, and you know, you said, oh, you know, it's really great, you know, to just have you know really been a you know been there to have been a part of you know getting you guys your start. And I said, man. So let, let's just be honest. You had nothing to do with I, that. Well, no, it's you know, it's everything. <laughs> every reason why we're growing like we are is because of everything that I told you a million times needed to, to be do. done, and it didn't happen. Right. You know, and that's that's one of the reasons why we left. I mean, you know, it was, you know, we knew that environment, that atmosphere, that that vibe, and we were always the odd bird, you know, on that. I think you know, right. I, I, you know, we bringing in CEOs and CTOs to the friggin' well, Russell. We were the only niche shows. Yeah, everybody else was a music show. Yep. You know, and you know, but so I mean, we knew, we knew early on that it wasn't, you know, that we didn't need to be there forever. But I mean, you know, that was, that, yeah. I mean, it was just a. We knew there were a lot of things that could be done differently because it it shouldn't have been appointment listening. I mean, it it needed to be. You needed to have that archive, and yeah. I mean, in fact, even I think there's. Well, there's another network out there that escaped, you know, from the same place not too long, and and they've just <laughs> recently started doing that too, where they they're, they're finally doing the archiving and, and the podcasting and all that kind of stuff. Because I mean, it's it's what it's supposed to be. I mean, there's no there's no there's no valid reason to not do it. You're, you're leaving all of those listeners on the table. I mean, like as a network, we did 3.8 million listeners last month, and like one percent of that was live. Maybe. 3.8 million listeners. Think about that. IT and the D is amazing. No, no, not our show. The net, No, Podcast oh, oh, Detroit is a no, network. I know, I know. Yeah. But you guys hit millions all the time. No, not on a single show. No. 900,000 at least. Uh, there was that one episode that went nuts with the, the whole – with the Comic-Con guests and that okay. kind of stuff. That happens. Um, but no, I mean it's – you know, we're usually around like 300,000 somewhere in there. Uh, <laughs> but I mean it's – you know, but that – but like I mean as a network, we did. We did, you know, 3.8 million and that's – Almost all syndication. I mean, that that's what that's how this platform is supposed to work, right? So, uh, one more question, and we'll we'll go to our break. And and Jimmy, if you have a question too, because uh, podcasting. I mean, there's uh, Kevin Smith's uh, hosting Smodcast and everything else he does. Yep. Yeah. Um, could you possibly? We're probably going to wind up heading out to Jersey sometime here in the near future. So yeah. Oh really? Oh yeah. Ming called in on do Monday you, night. Do you need ring girls and, and somebody to watch the <laughs> ring sure girls in New mind. Jersey? All right, all right well, we're in. Uh, but yeah. Uh, 
do you think this will transfer over to TV? Like, do you think the Today Show won't really be on Channel Four from seven to nine, but will be readily available on an on-demand basis? I think it already does to some degree because of TiVos and DVRs. You know, like right now, I mean, I couldn't, I could not tell you what day or time shows that I watch are on. Right, I can't. I just like I know I'm like oh yeah, there's a show cool. Find it on the guide. Better da da. Yep, season pass. Go. They're there when I want to watch them, but I couldn't tell you what night they're on or when it happens or anything like that. I mean, and that's you know you look at what Comcast is doing with you know their uh, their on demand you know and and they're you know they're you know beefing up constantly their you know on demand stuff in real time and you know and with things like you know Hulu where okay it's not day of broadcast but the next day you have access to it right. with or without commercials depending on your subscription that's what people are looking for you know I don't I don't need. Must see TV died with friends. I mean, right. Let's just be real, you know. And so that that appointment viewing concept just doesn't exist anymore. You know, I want to watch or listen, you know, to what I want, when I want, how I want, and don't put a barrier in my face telling me I can't do it. Otherwise, I'll find something else to occupy that time. And how many networks do we see that just clean house now? Like morning shows that oh, are just ESPN gone on terrestrial just radio. Thrashed what fifty people? Right, they were overpaying a lot of people. Well, though. yeah, but you know, ninety-seven-one, you know, has cleaned out their morning show yeah, exactly. a couple of times. Uh, you know, it, and it happens. I mean, you know, you look at God. There was a story we were just talking about yesterday or Monday where Cumulus is now apparently on the brink. You know, uh, I guess this time last year their stock was at sixty-five bucks. It's at like fifty cents now. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> like that? Oh. If, if you held on for the rebound, you're pissed. Oh, man. Yeah. So but I mean, that's ser- brutal. But on the flip side, Sirius Radio seems to do, be doing pretty well. Because they have – they have all. They have so many good things going on their side. If you think about it, I mean, it's so. I mean, it's subscription based. So it's you know what you you've got an active audience that says yes, I want that. You have all the analytics that they can pull out of that that actually shows this is who's listening. How right. they have they have some of those same advantages as podcasting does over terrestrial radio. You know, and because I mean, you look at what what is finally you know it's it's like the technology world. You know, the days of hey, if you give me a million dollars, I'll build you a website that'll make you ten million. Those are so far dead. But, you know, the okay, if you give me a million dollars, I can build you a website that'll save you ten million through process improvement and that sort of thing. Awesome. Those conversations can still happen. Same thing with radio. You know, radio's always just been like, we're radio. Where else are you gonna put your advertising dollars? Come here. Now it's all right, well, but now there's podcasts and there's you know, and there's this network and there's that network and there's this show. And that's you know one of the things I was saying is that you know podcasts are are extremely good for hyper local advertising in particular. Right. You know, it's that's that's a very good, easy way for people to you know, for companies to reach people in a specific area, in a specific niche. And that's that's what I think people are starting to catch on to, and that's honestly what I'm trying to ramp up on as much as I can, just just to help the network. That's awesome. All right, we'll go to our last commercial break. We'll be back, and uh, we got uh, what's her name again? Uh, Panda Valentine. I'm pretty sure that's not her real I, name. I'm sure it's not her real I name. I bet you me and Dave can get her real that's, name. That well, you can ask, but I'm going to introduce her like that because I don't want to, you know, public persona, you know, because public right, exactly, public persona or whatever. Trash you wanna, panda. <laughs> Liz is not a trash panda. No, but she has one. <laughs> trash um, panda. But uh, I don't want to, you know, say her real name if she doesn't want it, you know, known. So, well, it, well really quickly, give me and Dave some rules. What can we say and what can we say to her? I don't want to scare her off. Anything you want, I just can I, I ask her what she's wearing right now. 
No, I wouldn't do that. I mean, Damn it, Dave. Dave, I mean, that was going to be my first one. I mean, you can. I don't care. She's a cosplayer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how long are you lounging around in right now? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Are you Slave Leia right now? Yeah. Are you Slave Leia? Yeah. Everybody's a Slave Leia. Yeah. Everybody's favorite. And if they don't say so, they don't have the cojones to say Slave Leia is <laughs> their favorite one. That's true. It's Slave Leia. God, you know what? Is, oh, I don't even know if I should say this, but when Carrie Fisher passed away, sad moment. But I thought, can you even think about Slave Leia anymore when you – because like it's weird. It's different now. I still say the best one was her one uh, – her stand-up thing that she did. Um, her one – her like show uh, was amazing because one of the things she did – because she's one of the only people that like sold her likeness rights to oh, okay. Lucasfilm. And so they went off and merchandised the hell out of her. And so she's on stage talking about all the crazy stuff that she's seen over the years. And from the ceiling gets dropped a Slave Leia sex doll. Nice. And so she was like, yeah, so thanks for that, George. That <laughs> was that. <laughs> Lucas knew what was going on. All right, we'll be back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to the undercard. Jimmy, who do we got coming up? Uh, we have uh, – she goes by the name Panda Valentine. Uh, she is a cosplayer. Uh, she's a friend of a friend. Uh, we were trying to get a cosplayer on the show tonight just to kind of talk about what cosplay is uh, and all that kind of stuff. And um, uh, the people that responded, I just said, yeah, well, let, let's have her on. She seems interesting. So, All right. Uh, let's go ahead and give her a call. She's over 18, right? I believe so, yeah. <laughs> Chris Hansen answers and says, why don't you have a seat? You know not. Hello. Hi, is this Panda? This is Panda. Hi, Panda. This is Jim with the undercard. How are you? Good. How are you? Very good. Uh, we have Panda Valentine. Is that how you pronounce it? That is correct. Okay, Panda Valentine. Um, she is a cosplayer. Uh, you are stationed out of where? Where do you live? I'm in New England, in, in New- USA. Okay, New England, USA. All right. I knew you had to be somewhere around there because, you know, same time zone and, and everything. I, I grew up in New Hampshire, right. so I feel for you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I've only been to New Hampshire once. I, I went up for a con called Dr- Granite State Comic Con, and I cannot, I cannot deal with the New Hampshire tendency to cluster together in public thoroughfares and just have a chit chat. It's wonderful. It's social, but it drives me crazy. Oh no! Right there with you. I remember. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> um, so that's that's Dave. Uh, Dave is uh, uh, owner of the studio and the the network. He's sitting in with us. We also have Brad, uh, who's uh, the main host of the Undercard, and we also have Liz, uh, who is uh, one of our ring girls. Uh, and oh, we'll just cool. be we'll just be asking you uh, questions. So, uh, first of all, cosplay. A lot of people have kind of I think a misconception of what uh, cosplay actually is. So, why don't you tell us uh, what is cosplay? Cosplay is very very simple. It's literally grown ass adults putting on costumes and running around having fun with it. That's it. I am you, so you take glad. The words costume, <laughs> we didn't take just the words get costume some costume and the words play, and you smash them together. Cosplay. If you have a costume on your body and you are having fun with it, you are cosplaying. I, I'm so glad we just you know. Well, it's the act of you know <laughs> becoming your favorite character. And yeah, no, that's the perfect <laughs> answer right there. <laughs> but. Someone, 
someone edited the Wikipedia cosplay page to be all like, it is performance art. And I'm like, no, we have grown-ass adults in spandex. <laughs> no. <laughs> if you want to take down that edit, we put that up about an hour ago. Well, no, and, and so honestly, some of the people that think that way, like there was a big to-do um, with San Diego Comic-Con last year where a lot of the cos – well, I won't say a lot, but some of the cosplayers that were walking around were wanting to charge people to For take photos? their photographs. Nice. I'm like – you understand you're essentially walking copyright infringement, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, pay- so now I've, I've heard, you know, I've heard the stories about that happening more than I've ever actually witnessed it happening. And I've been cosplaying for 15 years now. So I, I, always, I, I do kind of wonder if that's one of those things where, you know, the extreme outlier is what gets spoken about oh, absolutely. rather than That's what the it middle is. of the road people. Because like I said, I've been I've been cosplaying for fifteen years. I've been to San Diego Comic Con many times. Um and I've literally seen it once. And it was just like, hmm, okay, not my thing. You do you <laughs> now, Panda, you, you oversimplified the definition, I think, of cosplay because there are people that could go out and buy a costume, but there's also people that take the time to make their costume. Is there a little bit of a riff between people that take their time to develop their own costume, get the plaster, get the get materials, put it together, as opposed to me going to a Halloween USA and buying a costume and wearing it at a Comic-Con? Is there a difference or everybody's cosplay, all of Honestly, it depends on the person you are talking to, and it depends what you are doing with the costume. Um, for me, personally, and I speak only for myself, it really, to me, it really is that simple. If you have a costume on your body and you are having fun with it, you are, quote-unquote, playing, then you are meeting the definition of cosplay, which is costume play put together. Um, there, there are people who get very, very offended when they see people who only wear bought costumes and then have Patreons and Kickstarters and all that stuff. And, you know, they, they say, well, that's not a cosplayer. That's a model. Uh, you know what? Do, do we really need more labels? <laughs> to each their own. If you, for me, personally, if you've got a costume on your body and you're having fun with it, you're cosplaying. If you want to describe yourself as a cosplay model because you only purchase your costumes, cool. That's the definition you want to use. That's the definition I will use for you. You know, if you do purchase, if you do only purchase your costumes and you enter into uh, costume contests at conventions, you are only going to be allowed to be what they call a walk-on, which literally means you walk onto the stage, you get your picture taken, you walk off again. The judges don't judge you. You're not eligible to win the prizes. So there, there is that definition, um, but honestly, any risk or argument is just people taking it way too seriously. See, I don't, I, I don't know that I think that's fair because I mean, you know, some people have skills with like sewing, sewing machines and stuff, yeah. and I have skills with making money and buying stuff. <laughs> like that's. <laughs> See, I need, I need some more of your skills. <laughs> We we all do, we all do. So Panda, you make your own costumes. Is that safe to say, or do you have some that are bought? Oh, I definitely have some that are bought. I would say I'm about a seventy thirty split on purchasing and making my own. I generally, um, I generally make my own 
I always approach a costume as if I'm going to make it myself, but I also like saving money. So <laughs> if there's another cosplayer out there selling the exact costume I want to cosplay, I'm going to buy it. I don't care. I didn't make it. You know? Right. <laughs> like, if, if I can get it from China for $90 or I could make it myself for $200, I'm not stupid. I'm buying it from China. Right. So, you I'm know. not going to run around and tell everyone, oh, I made this when I didn't. You know, nobody's nobody's building their own computers say, Hell anymore. Hell no, I bought this either. <laughs> I got a tower, Dave. Right. Can you build me a computer? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, nobody's building their own computers anymore. Why? Because Dell made it too cheap to bother. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> right? So uh, you said you've been cosplaying for about 15 years. Uh, mm -hmm. What what got you into uh, cosplaying? <laughs> Fan fiction. <laughs> okay. And uh, what? So, what fan fiction got you into it? <laughs> she says with an evil little giggle. But we all know what that means. <laughs> okay, so here's how this worked. Um, used to be very into Dragon Ball Z. I, I mean, I'm still pretty into it, to be honest. But Love it. back when I was a 15 year old goth weeboo kid, I was very, very into it. Didn't get a lot of the episodes in Australia where I was originally from. So I was going to say the internet. accent is not New England. You're that's an Australian accent, isn't it? Now, I, I was in drama school. I've had elocution lessons that cleaned a lot of the accent out of my mouth, but it does pop up on occasion. But uh, anyway, so I, I took to the internet, as every good 15-year-old does, and I found fan fiction. And through fan fiction, I found out about Dragon Ball GT, which isn't technically considered canon, but had a very hot little blue haired chick named Bra in it mm -hmm. and all the fan fiction on the internet had her hooked up with a character named Pants. Mm -hmm. So what's an inventive young 15 year old going to do when she wants to date a fictional character? She's going to dress up as the character that dates that fictional character <laughs> to complete the fantasy. So literally lesbian fan fiction got me into cosplay. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. Say that one more time slowly. <laughs> <laughs> um... I, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, no, okay. Um, so, are you still into uh, Dragon Ball, the Dragon Ball universe, Dragon Ball Z, GT, Dragon Ball Super? Do you still watch it? Have you watched any of the um, newer, like, super episodes? I'm not watching any of the newer super episodes. I did watch quite a lot of Dragon Ball Kai, um, okay. but I just I didn't have enough time to keep up with it. Um, I have not watched any of the Dragon Ball Super, and apparently that has been a mistake because I've heard that there are actually female Super fans now, which the I am in canon, which I'm like, oh, oh, oh hello. Yeah, uh, that. <laughs> in, the, uh, in the tournament of the universes or whatever, and I forget which universe it is, they did introduce a, a Super Saiyan uh, uh, female. Uh, the um, I lost my train of thought. Oh, uh no, I lost it. You got anything, Brad? <laughs> no, I lost it when she said. Uh, I I don't even want to repeat it, but I lost it when she said that one. Well, yeah. Thing. So all right. So you've been doing this for fifteen years. So you said you're yeah. about a seventy thirty split. Like, how many different oh, costumes a, do you have? That was going to be my question. Thank you. Nice sure it was. Oh, no, actually, God. that was. Um, you know, I sell I sell them off from time to time. Um, so I kind of ha I, I'm constantly making new ones, but I'm constantly selling off the old ones. Like it's kind of a revolving door. Of, of how many costumes I have. I think right now, completed in my cupboard that I could go to, pick it up, it's complete, put it on my body, go to a convention. I think I have about 23 wow. right now. Okay. Um, 
and I'm working on three three brand new ones that have never been worn to a convention right now. Okay. So then the obvious follow-up question, which one is your favorite? Honestly, it depends on the mood I'm in. Okay. Is there anyone that you've I, done that you've really like I'm like I'm never getting rid of this costume. This is my favorite costume. Like I'm holding on to this forever. Um I think that's probably Ryoko from Tenchi Muyo. Okay. She's one I would never sell and I've had quite a lot of offers. Um I've been very flatteringly been told that I'm the best Ryoko they've ever seen. Okay. I'm not the best Ryoko I've ever seen. I've seen one better, so I I always aspire to her greatness. Um but it's always flattering to be told that and who who am I kidding? <laughs> so that one I would never uh, I think I'll probably be buried in that. and Someone will pry it okay. in my cold dead hands. <laughs> uh, and besides, uh, which uh, when you first did the cosplay, uh, which Dragon Ball Z character did you dress up as? Pan. Pan. Okay. Now, follow-up question. How many other Dragon Ball Z characters have you dressed up as? The old, uh, two. I've dressed up as Bulma and Trunks. Okay. Bulma and Trunks. That makes sense. Their mother and, and son in the in the Dave's giving me this look of I have no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> uh, is, is there a Mister Panda in your life, and does he understand what you do when you go to Comic Con? Or, 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 or Mrs. Mrs. Panda? Panda or Miss Panda? Yeah. I know you had to go there again. Another cold shower. Miss Panda in your life too. Uh, I have a boyfriend. His name is Jason. We met through cosplay, so yes, he he one hundred percent understands. What I do, um, if the rare occasions that I don't go to a stationary costume, it's because I am acting as his handler. He cosplays as a New Hope Darth Vader. Um, okay. So, and in his helmet, his vision is a little bit limited. Ah. So, so I, I act as his handler on the rare occasions I'm not in costume at a convention. Now, have you guys ever done cosplay as a couple? And if so, what has it been? Oh, yeah, God, yeah, many a time. Um, <laughs> Outside yeah, the bedroom, think. we're talking about. <laughs> well, it's, obviously, my follow-up question was going to be, well, what's his favorite yeah, okay. <laughs> of her costumes? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, honestly, I think his favorite is probably my Vampirella, um, because he does photography on the side, and I don't, it's a very, very revealing costume. I don't know if anyone's familiar with the character, but she's, Little bit. she's basically wearing, like, some dental floss and a couple of... Uh, a couple of elastic bands, uh-huh. but I don't. I don't let any just anyone photograph me in that costume. And Jason is obviously, you know, he has He's allowed bragging rights on the, on right. that costume. So I would say probably Van Pleller is his favorite. And yeah, we absolutely do cos, uh, cosplay as a couple. We've done. We've been to New York Comic Con dressed as we were both dressed as Captain America in the stealth suit. Yeah, um, okay. we had the, the exact same costume on, the same matching shields that he made us. Um, we've done uh, Captain Britain and Megan from Excalibur, kind oh. of a lesser-known couple, but mm-hmm. one of my favorites. Uh, we've done Vader and Padme, obviously, have to. <laughs> Vader or Anakin? No, actual Vader. Okay, interesting. All right. Very cool. Um, yeah, I, but, I stood on the other side of the room and gave him disappointed head shakes all day. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, so how far, how many, uh, how many comic uh, conventions do you do usually in a year? And what's the farthest you've ever gone uh, for a convention? Uh, let's see. I probably do about eight in a year. Okay. Uh, there's generally, the, the con season generally runs from... Um, March to November, 
I usually do one con a month when con season is in its it, you know the height and swing. Um, right. Some, sometimes I'll skip a con or I just won't costume at it because I'm handling Jason. Um, and the furthest I've ever traveled was when I lived in San Diego. I traveled all the way to Connecticut for a convention, and now that I'm in New England, I traveled all the way back to San Diego for Trek a convention. San Diego. So. Okay, gotcha. Very cool. Now, you were talking about kind of your influences and you were talking about uh, Dragon Ball Z and stuff like that. Is there something that's on the horizon that is challenging, but you're working up to this challenging point to uh, do a costume? Uh, What have I got right now that's challenging? Mm, I don't think so because I recently just picked a big challenging box um, when I did uh, Twilight Princess Zelda costume, because that, that's a very involved gown. It required a custom wig. It required custom armor. Um, it required, like, basically making a full bridal gown. There was a lot of painting. There was a lot of embroidery. There was ombre dyeing. So I kind of just finished that within the past couple months. And now I'm, I'm basically doing a lot of easy stuff. I'm doing a lot of... Um, I'm doing a lot of spandex, which, you know, I can knock out a, a spandex bodysuit in about two hours. Um, so it's not, yeah, I, my, my big challenging costume has just been picked. I'm doing a lot of, I'm getting it really into wig making, which is a lot of fun. So, yeah, sort of taking it more easy on the costume and, and as I'm learning an entirely new skill in the wig making. Now there's this whole world of people that make, six-figure income out there and go to cons. They have their 8 by 10s They sit in, uh, not in celebrity row, but they're in that next row of cosplayers. Do you hope to mm-hmm. be there one day where you're selling 8 by 10s and that's the goal, or does that take away from the Comic-Con for yourself? It's just about dressing up as a costume and walking around and enjoying the character. You know, I would absolutely 100% love to be one of those people. I'm not even going to pretend I wouldn't. Unfortunately, I am high-functioning autistic, so I can't. I just, when I hit oversaturation point, I need to get up and go. And there's no taking a break and coming back to the con. I need to go and de-stimulate in a hotel room. I cannot put in the level of networking and retail smiles and customer service that these men and women put into building their brand. I wish I could. When I was a teenager, when I didn't fully understand what was going on with my brain, that was a goal of mine. I would have loved to have been one of those people, but unfortunately that is not, that's not going to happen for me. And I've reconciled to it now, so I'm just going to wander the con floor probably drunk <laughs> to numb a little bit of the noise. Now that's our con experience right there. That's right. <laughs> what would it take for us to get you to Motor City Comic Con next year? Um, oh, God. <laughs> it's a riot. Dave will tell you. Oh, I mean, I love traveling for cons. I mean, honestly, uh, airfare and a hotel... Oh, sorry about that. I went... Airfare in a hotel room is probably what it takes. I don't generally have the budget for traveling cons. So for me to travel, I don't mind taking the time off work. I can absolutely feed and drink myself to death. But having the budget for the flight 
and the hotel room. That's my tripping point for traveling con. You can probably figure something out. Yeah, I, I, I think <laughs> I mean, we can do I'm, that. I will, I will come, and hell, if you guys want to cosplay, I will dress you up. The the a- think I won't. the accent travels with you, right? <laughs> it, it gets it gets thicker when I drink. It's terrible. Oh my god! Oh. Have you have you seen us drink? Uh, Motor City Comic Con <laughs> karaoke? Do you karaoke? I I do not. I will laugh at karaoke. I do not do karaoke. Well, you'll be laughing at us because <laughs> Dave's pretty good at karaoke, Dave, and I don't mind. Dave, it. Dave does a uh, a mean. Um, <laughs> What, what is that? Saying? There was uh, let's see, what did I do this year? Did the Humpty Dance? The Humpty Dance. And that I, was it. And, yeah. and, then, and then Kermit the Frog doing. Open oh the yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you yeah. lost your voice for a couple of days oh, because right. you went Kermit yeah, the Frog. Yeah. And then and then oh, uh, Brad over here had to wrestle the mic from the Pink Power Ranger. I did. Who then got his ass kicked by her? The best part about that is that video made uh, Power Ranger uh, message it boards. <laughs> Which like somebody's like, are you on a Power Ranger message board? I'm like, I might I, be. Maybe. Yeah, I had to get the. Yeah. Well, thank you for uh, for coming on the show. Uh, it was great You're to talk welcome. to you. And uh, um, uh, also, while I'm thinking about it, if you're really into Dragon Ball Z, I know we keep coming back to that. Have you watched Dragon Ball Z abridged? Yes. Okay. I was going to say, if you haven't, watch it. It's hilarious. Oh, so. God. It's so, it's so funny. Oh, I, I, I was wa- The first time I watched it, oh, my God, when they got too freaking piccolo, I was just laying on the floor laughing. He's so serious. <laughs> I know. In the comments, in the actual uh, TV show, that he's so not taken seriously. I know. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's great. Well, we're going to put a jar out in our green room there, and we're going to collect money to get you here. Unfortunately, <laughs> the jar is only big enough. Your boyfriend can't come. The jar is only big enough to have money for you. <laughs> but we're going to put the jar out there, Val. <laughs> well, and so obviously before we cut you loose, where do people find you online? Right, How do people absolutely. see the, the outfits and the costumes and that kind of stuff that you do? Yeah, you can you can find me on Facebook. Um, my page is Panda Valentine, or you can find me on Wicked Geeky, which is, you know, www.facebook.com slash Wicked Geeky, W-I-C-K-E-D-G-E-E-G-K-Y. I share that page with my friends. So you not only get my cosplay, you get the cosplay of six or seven other fantastic girls from the New England area. We're all friends. We all hang out. Um, and we oh, because Wicked. People, so uh, that just clicked with me. Because it's Wicked Awesome. It's, yeah, it's Wicked. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Thank you so much, Panda. Thank you, Jimmy, for You're setting welcome. us up. Thanks uh, for having me. We'll stay in touch. We're putting the tip jar out there. It's going to happen. Perfect. All right. <laughs> all right. Take care. Bye-bye. Don't know her, but love love yeah, the voice. I, yeah, I, I that was a that was a good find. I, I, I have to thank my friend for that one. Any voiceover work we need done here? <laughs> that so immediately we, might, we, might we need more. Intro you know what? It was yeah. funny too because I did notice I did notice the the Australian accent, but then now there are a couple of times she slipped into kind of a an almost New England accent, and it was kind of bordering between the two, slipping back and forth just a little bit. She was like a hot Olivia, Olivia Newton-John. I, I know. Mean, it, was it was just really... Yeah. Yeah, Isn't Olivia Newton-John the hot Olivia Newton-John? Eh, <laughs> back in Greece. I, I mean, it's been say, a while. But that voice was pretty good. Yeah. Whatever character good. she plays, she has and to talk. I don't, I don't remember like I don't remember Samantha Fox now. I remember <laughs> Samantha Fox nineteen eighty eight. Right, of course. <laughs> Fox of course, with two X's. Right. right. <laughs> exactly. Good find on that one. Actually, that's a really good find. 
Uh, yeah, so I'm going to put a tip jar out there next week. It's going to be just you know big enough that her boyfriend can't get here, <laughs> but small enough that we can get her here. <laughs> I was really hoping when she went the route where she's like, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a girlfriend. I well, really did. Liz, you probably have a chance. That accent did nothing for you. No, I, I definitely love Australian accents. Yes. A little bit, right? Yes. You heard a little bit? Oh, sure, see, sure. that's all we need to know. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. All right. Good. <laughs> I don't know. It did something more here. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, we're going to go to our last song and we're going to call it a night. Our last song is released by Pearl Jam. Uh, unfortunately, my dad died a long time ago, June 15th, 1993. Uh, this song has gotten me through a lot, so we want to make part of the show. It is Father's Day week. It's uh, released by Pearl Jam. We will be back next Wednesday. I want to thank Dave for everything you do, dude. Dave, Dave has had confidence in the under- – oh, I'm trying to shake your hand, oh. but you don't want to shake my hand. Uh, I, has I, had I confidence. you just doing the Bill and Ted gesture. <laughs> uh, yeah, be excellent to each other. Exactly. Uh, has had confidence in us for a long time, so I want to thank him for his friendship and uh, his leadership. Jimmy for throwing together a good show. Liz for just being Liz and being around for a lot of years. And uh, we'll be back next Wednesday. Take care. <laughs>